You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. On this week's Dear Viv, when your mother-in-law gives you presents you hate, what if your seven-year-old daughter wants her hair straightened? How to get teenagers to revise for GCSEs and how to judge the success of a long-distance relationship. Our first question this week. Dear Viv, I know I sound like a horrible ingrate here, but my mother-in-law keeps giving me the most hideous gifts and I don't know how to make her stop. The latest addition to the collection is perhaps the ugliest picture frame I've ever seen, which she said would be perfect for our hallway. I'm not an interior designer or anything, but I admit I've fallen for the hygge craze and a filigree frame with love written on it doesn't exactly scream Scandi. Is it going to be a case of having everything hidden in the attic and brought out when she visits, at least once a month, Or is there a way of politely asking her to stop? Oh dear, well, your response is not very hügelicht for someone who claims to be into hygge, the Danish phenomenon of being cosy and snuggly and kind and nice. In fact, in her own way, it sounds to me as if your mother-in-law's gifts might not fit the aesthetic of hygge, but they certainly fit the philosophy, bless her. Uh, Now, I'm afraid I have bad news here. You have to accept the lovingly given hideous gifts and accept them with joy and gratitude. You say, I don't know how to make her stop. I don't think you can. So find a way instead to enjoy them. Can you keep one or two of the easiest ones in a cupboard and get them out when she comes round? Give the rest to charity. Don't think twice about it. If there are ever any awkward moments when she says, oh, what did you do with that filigree frame with love written on it? Then you can say something like, oh, I was wondering that myself the other day. I put it away somewhere safe and I was wanting to get it out again. In my experience, though, people generally get the message if you don't display their gifts. And unless they're mad, they don't tend to ask where they are. So, like you say, hide it all in the attic bring it out occasionally on demand and practice doing big, false, grateful smiles. Welcome to Marriage and to Compromise. Our next question this week. Dear Viv, my seven-year-old daughter has very curly, frizzy hair, her dad's, and keeps asking me to straighten it for her. She's not telling me exactly why she wants this, but I get the impression that someone at school has been teasing her about it. It makes me feel awful for her, but also conflicted. I want her to have a healthy image of herself and to be confident in her looks. But if she's decided she hates her hair, there's not much I can do to convince her that it's actually lovely and unique. If I give in, am I sending the wrong message? Well, you cannot know what's going on unless you talk to her. The hair straightening is less worrying for me here than the fact that something might be going on in her life and she hasn't talked to you about it. Can you ask her about it? Are you sure she's asking you for this because she hates her hair? Or are you putting that onto her? You did mention it's her dad's hair and not yours. 
I have dead straight hair and I would give anything to have curly, super frizzy hair. In fact, I have spent probably thousands of pounds and millions of hours trying to achieve this effect. It's not because anyone ever made me feel bad about my hair. It's just because we all want what we don't have. She might just enjoy the time that she spends with you when you're straightening her hair or she might just want to feel grown up. Have a talk with her. Tell her how beautiful she is, however she has her hair. And I disagree with you when you say if she's decided she hates her hair, there's not much I can do to convince her that it's actually lovely and unique. She is seven years old. You are the adult. It's up to you to convince her that she's wrong to hate any part of herself. Good luck and send me your straighteners when you've finished because I have come full circle. Our next question this week. Dear Viv, I can't seem to get my son to revise for his GCSEs. He doesn't respond to me reminding him about it, or he says that he's done it and is lying to me. I've tried everything. I've even taken his phone away from him. I've made a revision schedule. I've brought the desk from his bedroom down to the front room so he's got more space to sit and revise. He knows they're important, but he doesn't seem to care. What can I do? Oh, what can you do when you've already tried so much? Well done, by the way. It sounds like you've given it a bloody good go. So what is left? Coercion, threats, punishments, or on the other hand, rewards? The two things can be the same. If he doesn't revise, he's grounded anyway. If he does three hours revision, he gets to watch TV for an hour. If he does five days in a row, he gets to choose something he wants. What I'm wondering is whether he's thinking, what do I get out of this? He clearly isn't motivated by the exam results themselves. Have you talked to his teachers about why this is and how he's behaving at school? But maybe he would be motivated by other factors. I've never entirely approved of people paying their kids for exam results, but I know it does work for some people. I'm probably not telling you anything you haven't already thought of here, but can you try to get a bit deeper into his lack of motivation? Is he afraid to grow up? Is he scared that he'll fail? So he's making sure in advance that he can just blame it on the fact that he didn't revise? Could it be that he's a bit depressed? It does sound as if there's something deeper going on here. Or maybe not. Maybe he's very simply just a last minute kind of guy who leaves everything until it's virtually too late and then suddenly pulls it out of the bag. I wonder also what might happen if you backed off completely. I don't think you should say to him something like, I've tried everything, I give up, because then it looks like you've given up caring and that's very painful for children. But if you say to him maybe, look, I've tried everything to help you out and I'm clearly not helping you, so I'm going to trust you and leave you to it. You know where I am if you need my support. And then hover a lot and just be around. Maybe what's happened so far is that he's felt like he's being babied. I don't know. This is a really difficult one. Talk to other parents, talk to teachers, talk to his friends, but don't beat yourself up. You're trying everything. I don't think this is the end of the line, though. Just keep trying different things. And who knows, meanwhile, he might just somehow settle down to it of his own accord. (laughs) 
our last question this week. Diviv, how long is it healthy to be in a long distance relationship for? I'm scared I'm going to lose interest and get bored. We've been going out for six months and we met in a pub in Newcastle where my parents live. He says he's going to move to London. He's currently living in Newcastle, but he has not made any proper progress on this. How long should I stick it out for before accepting it's not going to happen? (gasps) How long is it healthy to be in a long distance relationship for? Well, if you're having to ask the question, (laughs) I fear the relationship may have run its course. It all depends, of course, on the relationship itself. Do you love him enough to wait? Do you love him enough to keep up a long distance relationship? Why is he not moving? Is it convenient to him this way? It doesn't sound as if it's convenient to you. Any relationship is only healthy as long as the desires and needs of the two people involved are balanced. And it sounds as if the shift of power has drifted away from you. Maybe you love him enough to give him the benefit of the doubt and keep trying. Or maybe you've had enough. Only you can know. I think the problem here is not so much the distance, it's the broken promise. He said he was going to move to London and there's no sign that he is. Why say one thing and do another? That is what's puzzling you, I think. Have it out with him and follow your instincts. Long distance can work, but only if the two people are totally honest with each other about their agenda. All the best with it. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon and sign in to thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we see you there.